Hi, and welcome to Master's Choice Podcast, Episode 8. Today's co-host is Kyle Vosberg, and we're going to be talking about nursery planting with our guest, Cullen Johnson. Kyle and I also discussed uh, flex versus determinant ears and and, uh, population with that. And then also we discussed with Kyle the uh, wins and wares and ins and outs of replanting corn. Hope you enjoy the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Hi, and welcome to Master's Choice, episode eight of our podcast. This morning in the studio, we're already full. We uh, usually have uh, just one co-host, but this morning our guest is coming in early. Kind of want to shake things up for everybody this morning and just do a little different. And besides that, Cullen has uh, some things that he's got to do and get ready for today. But uh, one of those things that you are not going to be getting ready for is planting today, is it, Cullen? That's correct. Uh, Last night, uh, we got about an inch and a half of rain, um, and then uh, about three days ago, we got an inch and a half again. So uh, we're kind of put back on getting the corn in the ground down here in southern Illinois, but um, I'm hoping to uh, uh, get it in sometime in the next few weeks. So we'll see what happens. Well, um, let's so the next three days they're expecting four inches of rain yes that's correct so i i mean i I guess you're kind of glad that there's no corn in the ground at the moment yeah that's true uh it's been a little damp and a little cold actually i was a little more concerned with uh the the nighttime temperatures but uh yeah so lucky we didn't have much in the ground i put a little bit of sweet corn in the ground just to get some in and, and test out the planter but besides that yeah we don't have anything in yet um good we didn't but um you know these are the things that we deal with in agriculture, you play the weather game. so uh, Absolutely. And for you, the weather game is even more important because as our, as our head plant breeder, the things that you're planting now aren't necessarily hybrid corn with good hybrid vigor and those things. You're, you're planting some parents and some of those kinds of things, correct? Yeah, yeah. So the uh, hybrids actually exhibit hybrid vigor. You know, that's where that term comes from. And, and uh, those plants be able to get out of the ground quicker and they have uh, uh, more strength in the kernel to get up and out and and uh, get established where inbred seed is a little bit more weaker um, you know the plants aren't going to be as as strong as the the, the hybrids um, from those parents would be so yeah that's uh that's the plus plus about not being in the ground right now uh, yeah that makes sense so uh we're you're talking about planting this nursery and everything how uh how much nursery are you planting this year last year what, you had about a half an acre? Yep, yep, about a half an acre last summer, and then uh, this summer I've projected it right around uh, six acres worth. Um, so that's a, about a 12-fold increase. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, we're going to be able to bring in some good uh, good help to help me out with it, you know, because obviously a one-man guy running around in six acres can't do it all. So um, be able to take a little bit more of a, a management leadership role there. And uh, um, really looking forward to all the, the unique product, uh, projects we'll have going on. So how many people do you think you're going to need to cover that six um, acres? I'm thinking it's about one person per thousand rows. Roughly it's about 3,000. But, um, you know, over the time of the summer, I need to have some good help that has uh, good attention to detail um, to make sure our purity is there uh, when we put bags on. And then um, uh, somebody who, you know, I can rely on being there every single day in, in July and even into August uh, doing pollination. So uh, right now I'm thinking right around three will end up staying full time uh, during that summer. Uh, And then there might be some times when I need to bring in uh, four to five people in total. Um, But I like to get people out and train them early when the work's not as hard and then uh, slowly move into um, where where I don't need as many in the end of the year. So for those guys who may not understand 
uh, what a nursery is and those things. You know, you could think about a farmer planting six acres, and he says, "Why? Why do I need six guys to plant six acres?" You know, yeah, or, yeah. or those kind of things. So, what kind of what kind of things will these people be doing? Uh, so, the main uh, main job for people who would be working with me in the nursery would be doing pollinations. So, essentially, waking up in the morning, uh, getting out there about seven thirty, eight o'clock, uh, we start putting out shoot bags, uh, these little white bags that we put on the ear shoots to make sure there's no free pollen from this day, this following day, getting on those plants. Uh, once about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock comes around, then pollen starts flying. It really depends on the heat of the day, if we had rain the night before, stuff like that. But uh, right around 9 to 10, we'll start being able to pull, pulling uh, tassel bags down, which that collects the pollen from that day. Um, and then we can take that pollen and put on the silks underneath those shoot bags. And so I know for a fact that this plant this ear specifically had been pollinated by this pollen. So, and then that's how we, we do inbred development, and that's also how we do uh, hybrid production. So with hybrid production, it's more on a grand scheme where uh, you detassel the females, so you know that the female plants aren't pollinating anything, but the male pollen can get on to the female plants. So it's a little more uh, hands-on. Um, Got to go through every plant out there. So uh, kind of a, a more intensive step prior to uh, hybrid development so uh so last year um you had some really good help out there for oh, a couple yeah. of days yeah and um and there were some selections made yes that's true that uh that are probably going to uh revolutionize the industry uh yeah we could say that yeah. uh to fill people in that was mark kirk over here that was doing the <laughs> pollinations so uh, i was able to let Ma uh, mark take some pollinations and and I, I kind of tasked him with saying, you know, go through this row or these rows and, and, and pick out one of these plants that you, you think might be, you know, interesting, move on. And so I was able to let him do that. And actually, uh, I, I will end this with uh, when I harvested that row, um, I did find that the selection that Mark selected was probably the hardest kernel I had ever <laughs> seen. So... Well, but, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, well, you he, can only do what you can do, right? Yeah, and, and when he was out there, he actually was there during when it was pollinating, so he didn't actually get to see the kernel itself when he was selecting, but just thought it was an, a funny little thing that I've been harped on since I got here about breeding for hard grain, and, and uh, Mark goes out there and selects the hardest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, so. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, Color, we know that you've got some things that you've got to yeah. get to today. And, uh, and some people here in some meetings that you've got to take care of. Mm -hmm. But uh, we appreciate you stopping by and, uh, and talking with us today. Yeah. Thanks so, for having me. You're welcome, bud. Hey, thanks for coming in. Kyle, uh, we, uh, we had to dismiss Cullen there for a minute. Yep. And so we got rid of him. I, I appreciate you coming in and being my co-host today. <clears throat> so this was kind of an R&D podcast going on here. Yeah. We got the uh, director of nutrition research. We had the head plant breeder. And then you with being a uh, research and director associate. Um, so I, I guess that's your real, is that, is that really what your title is? Yeah, I, I guess it's uh, research and development associate. Uh, I, I've gotten kind of bunched into a, a lot of things. So it, it depends on what season the hat is. So it's, uh, there's plot seed guy, uh, you know, there's, uh, oh, he handles all the agronomy questions, uh, you know, basically, and the, the samples being taken. So basically, I mean, up until you take it, you know, for lab analysis, that's kind of my job too. So 
So, but you also evaluate some crops in the summer. You, yep. you, you take some notes. You you look at disease ratings and yeah. and just those kinds of things. Also, yeah, correct? absolutely. Yeah. So, so we're but actually all, all three of us are in the same office together, and and we uh, we work really very closely oh, yeah. together. And and I think probably pretty well together. Also, yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty start to finish. I mean, when you have a plant breeder, uh, the guy who handles a lot of the uh, the agronomic issues and whatnot, and and the questions, and then the guy who does all the nutrition analysis. I mean, we we can pretty much you know talk through and build a lineup right there out of our office it's a pretty good team yeah it, it is a pretty good team and, and you know and so as the old guy in the office you know yeah. I, I feel like i'm fostering some some goodwill yeah. and some you know encouragement and yeah. you know really training you guys how to be uh you know real grown-up men yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <clears throat> so um we got we got a few things to talk about today one of those is going to be we get questions about flex versus determinant. Most of our lineup is more of kind of a flex or semi-flex, so yep. we get some questions about that. But then also, you know, we just talked about with Cullen. He said he hasn't planted yet because of the rain. Yep. And we need to kind of talk about it's that kind of year to talk about when when do we replant and when when don't we replant. Yeah. Okay? And, and really, those two things can kind of flow together there yep. about, you know, if I've got a more of a flex plant than more of a determinant type year, then it may it may make a difference on, on on when I when I choose to replant or not. So so talk talk through us a little bit about about what it means to be a flex plant, what it, a flex ear or yeah. and, and determinant ear. So it kind of explain that to our audience a little bit. Yeah. So it, it's uh, it's something that basically comes up in in the genetic industry and genetic talks and whatnot. So a lot of guys who are around you know corn genetics talk a lot about flex and determinant or we call them fixed ears a lot of times. Um, the, the grain industry, on one hand, has moved towards uh, more of a determinant ear kind of population. And the reason is that is because of what they're going for, you know, bushels per acre. Um, if I know how many kernels, how many row sets, how many uh, kernel rows long my ear will make, you know, I should be able to know if I know my plant population, my plant stand, I should be able to know, you know, what I'm kind of looking at harvest-wise bushels per acre. Um, now, for a guy who feeds corn, that's that's maybe not as important because, and we've shown in, in our studies that, you know, higher populations are, are not always better, even if we do have the, the amount of kernels that we think we're getting from a determinate ear. So uh, a, a, a corn ear that can maybe flex or, you know, expand itself depending on population and nutrient uptake is a little bit more important for a guy feeding corn on the farm. So, so basically what happens there is that and help me out here. I'm, I'm just the I'm just the nutrition guy, right? And and so basically, when I decrease the population of plants with a flex ear, that ear will actually get more rows or more more kernels long. Correct. Exactly. Okay. And yep. so so it it it, it, it flexes out. It literally flexes. It, yeah. It literally yep. flexes out. But also the plant does too. So we get a, a stronger, more robust plant. Yep. And and it can photosynthesize more sugars and, and exactly. do those kind of things. Whereas a determinant ear, it no matter what the plant spacing is or population, it's going to put on an ear that is that's rows and kernels are basically determined. Exactly correct. Yeah, and and with and with a corn plant, you know, a lot of guys kind of understand this, and some don't. But a corn plant has one job, and and that is to reproduce an ear. Absolutely. A corn plant is either going to abort the ear and, and not make one, or it's going to put an ear on and try to fill it with kernels. So, you know, with a fixed ear hybrid, 
it's going to create the ear that it knows to create. But a flex hybrid, not only is it going, if it decides, yes, it's a good ear, I'm going to create an ear, I'm going to, you know, create the best ear that I can with the nutrients that I've taken throughout the growing season. The, the biggest ear. Exactly. And, and sometimes those will, will flex kernel long, yeah. so they'll get longer. Yep. Sometimes they'll get more rows around, and then there are certain varieties that will do both, correct? That will do both that we've seen, yep. Okay. Absolutely. All right. And, and so, so that can really – that can really um, make us think about this replanting issue. I mean, we're going to get six inches of rain here, you know, forecasted over the over the last five days. Yeah. Um, guys that got corn in the ground right now are, are really kind of biting at their nails. Yeah. And and so if if I had if I had a determinant ear, it may it may be a different set of circumstances that would make me replant over the set of circumstances if I had a flex ear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, um, you know, and a lot of times, you know, replant comes down to your crop insurance. That's kind of one thing I always like to, to say before you start talking about replants, because, you know, there are stipulations to crop insurance when, when it comes to replant and also your seed company and whatnot. But, um, you know, with, with a flexier variety, you know, something that could possibly, you could have a little bit of bumped pop or bump uh, harvest, even with a bump down population, you know, losing a couple plants to maybe some some early wet conditions isn't as bad of a deal as if you have a fixed variety where every plant you lose is lost harvest. I mean, uh, so that's something to kind of keep in mind as we move towards, you know, especially, you know, here in the Midwest. I, I know a lot of the Midwest is going to get a lot of rain here in the next couple of days. Um, and I think, as I said in one of our vlogs, I know a lot of guys in this area are done. Um, and so I know they're really, they really are kind of a they're nervous right now. It's it's almost too much rain for this part of the year. So, so what are some other factors we talked about? Okay, insurance, maybe replant policy of the company. You know, maybe the whether we planted a determinant ear or a fixed ear yep. uh, or a flex ear. Uh, what are some other issues? What are some other um, I guess variables there that we would need to take into consideration when we are determining whether or not to uh, replant. Well, so you always have uh, overnight temperatures and whatnot, as Cullen said, talking about the nursery. Um, even though we've been hitting high 60s, low to mid 70s, um, the nights have been pretty cold. Um, I mean, we've gotten down into the to the 40s and, you know, knocking on the 30s, the door of the 30s. So, you know, low overnight temperatures can be kind of detrimental to seed growing, um, especially in subsoil. Um, that can be an issue. And, and also, I mean, just to kind of say it, there, there are wrong picks of hybrids. Uh, some hybrids in your area may have not been placed correctly and, you know, may have struggled a little bit on your ground early on. Um, and, and sometimes that will push guys to replant. You know, I kind of tend to push to the side of, you know, maybe ride it out if, if you think that it's not the hybrid you should have had. But um, that, that also can be can be a thing. There are there are hybrids that have a little less vigor say they were planted, you know, pre-heavy rains or in just a little bit too cold of soils, you know? Okay. So. Okay. So, so there's several different factors that we take in there. Is there a date factor for, for you in your mind? I mean, look, I don't, I, I will, I will, um, if I replant now, I can make up for that yield. But if I wait a week uh, to decide or, or if this happens a week later, it's just okay to ride it out from there. Yeah. I mean, is, is, is there a time frame there that, that sometimes works better or not? So there have been, I mean, there have been a lot of guys, especially in agronomy who talk about, you know, there are five or six great planting days 
of the year. They, they talk about there are days in April that are just, I mean, it's just like in hunting. Every Guys who hunt, especially whitetails, say if you're out on November 10th, you have a really good chance of killing a big deer. And they say that in, in corn planting also. If you plant in one of these five or six days, your, your plant or your harvest is, is there's a chance it's going to be very good. Um, and when it comes to replant, I, I think it's just the earlier, the better. Um, if you, I mean, it's not one of those things you want to wait out, you know, okay. because then you're talking about, um, especially if you're a fuller season guy, if you're planting, you know, 110 day plus material, um, you're looking at having to shorten up and, and anytime you shorten up, we're looking at, you know, losing tons per acre and whatnot. So makes sense. Makes sense. So, um, you were, you were not in the office yesterday. Uh, or the day before. Yeah, the day before. Yep. So the day before. Earlier in the week. Yeah. Earlier, earlier in the week. Um, and uh, so what were you? You were you were out of town, and y'all were yep. actually planting a, another nursery. Yep. Uh, up uh, up in central Illinois area, right? Yeah. So uh, kind of we were going to play the weather game this week and, and take a look, and our plans were to plant midweek. Uh, actually, our plans were to plant today, um, yesterday, and today down here. Uh, no, actually in Eldred. Okay. Um, and okay. so I was kind of on call for Michael Lake, the guy who runs our, our Eldred nursery. Um, and he called me Sunday after church and said, hey, the weather has switched on us and we need to go now. So, um, you know, I just kind of packed a bag and got ready and I left early Monday morning and, and Monday we worked all day. Um, it's anytime you're planning a nursery, there's always at least one full day of preparation before. Even if all of your packets are made and whatnot, it's just about, you know, peace of mind knowing that packets are in order. Uh, my, my plot has been mapped out. Um, I know exactly, you know, how far my rows are. It's just all about, you know, putting your ducks in a row the day before. And then the next morning, you know, getting out and getting, you know, you got to get your planter set and all those things. I mean, there's so many things to check off before you start planting. And then we, we did plant Tuesday, so. So in, in the nursery, though, you're, you're kind of planting rows. You know, Cullen talked earlier about, uh, you know, a thousand rows. You know, you, you, you're not really, you know, when we talk about farmers, they're thinking about acres and, yep. and fields. In, in a nursery, you know, you're talking about, well, I got this set of genetics in this row and this set of genetics in this row. Yep. And, and the rows are, are very short with alleyways in between it. So there's a lot that goes into the preparation of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and just to, you know, kind of put it in perspective, uh, we planted, I think, around 1,200 rows at 17 and a half feet um, on Tuesday, which ended up being just over an acre. And I had about just about seven hours of tractor time uh, planting. So that's, I mean, seven hours to plant one acre sounds crazy to a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. But you're taking little packets of seed, yep. pouring them in the planter, letting the planter plant them, cleaning out the planter, yep. skipping a, uh, you know, a, a section, space, a, a starting space, again, yep. pouring more packets in. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, it's highly labor intensive oh, just yeah. to even get it planted. Yeah, exactly. So, but also very exciting because I mean, in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a nursery up. I mean, we will be. I mean, it, it, right now it really is all hands on deck, but I mean, this is easily the busiest time of the year for R&D. I mean, you and I are on call right now to to basically start planting in Wisconsin here in a couple of weeks. I mean, uh, we're all over, you know, the Midwest planting research plots. So, yeah, we've got several of those that we've got to get in. Yep. Some of those will be uh, observation type plots where where it will be, you know, 17 and a half feet or 20 feet with two two foot alleys where where guys can just go in and and look and evaluate corn and take notes on things you know some of those will be plots where where there'll actually be um 
well, they're all observation plots. We kind of made that comment yeah. yesterday, but yeah. some of those will be be more of a full blown kind of a customer plot that we've got to get planted. Some of those show plots, and some of them will be more for for marketing yep. and for sales, where some of those will just absolutely be for research and development. Where you'll go in and you'll look at those agronomically. We'll sample those bring me the samples. We'll send those samples off to get them analyzed. We'll run them through our nutrition testing protocol. And that's how we really work through whether or not hybrids meet the standards that we want. Yep. And, um, you know, you guys look at the agronomy. I look at the nutrition. And I think it's really cool that we work this close together in that. You know, uh, I, I always make the make the reference when, uh, when I'm doing meetings or explaining kind of how we do that you guys come in with your notes and say, we like these hybrids. And I come in with my notes and I say, I like these hybrids. And and then that's where the real arm wrestling starts because there's times that you guys have seen hybrids that you just absolutely love. Great disease to- tolerance, great vigor, uh, great emergence, you know, just looks like really good yield. Yep. And then all of a sudden we run nutrition on them and the grain's too hard. The fiber digestibility is not there, and then and then consequently, I'll do the same thing. I'll find a hybrid that man, it just tests wonderfully, and it tests wonderfully over several different locations. And I'll go, this thing is gonna be really good to feed. And you guys look at me and go, yeah, but it fell down here, and it fell down here, and it and it got disease here, yep. and and so we we kind of have to wrangle over those and really kind of pick those ones that are agronomically sound, top 25% agronomically sound, and top 25% uh, nutritionally sound, and uh, and bringing advantage there. And so we really get to work close together in, in doing that and in, in, in bringing those things together. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, there's actually two sides of that, you know, especially for, you know, Kevin and I do a, a large portion of the traveling looking at hybrids. I know Cullen and you guys and a lot of the sales guys get yeah. to get in on that. But when it comes down to agronomic decisions, you know, Cullen, or Kevin and I, you know, go through most of that. And it actually is really nice when you call us in in November and December, you know, for saying, you know, I have all the nutritional data together. We need to sit down and have serious conversations. And we walk in and the hybrids that, you know, the experimental crosses that we've been, you know, telling guys all year long, we really like this. We really like this. And you show up and it's highlighted in blue or yellow and you're like thank goodness because yes, yeah, if it's I, highlighted or blue and yellow then that becomes a serious conversation about this hybrid being in our lineup uh, or absolutely. a retest that we're yeah. we're serious about and I, and I and i think i've done a pretty good job of training you guys on what to look for you really have and i've i've made i have made jokes uh, i made a, a joke a couple of weeks ago in south dakota i was with toby up there and uh, we were at a trade show, and, and I got into a pretty deep nutritional conversation with some actual nutritionists and like i walked away just like kind of disappointed that I've been hanging out with Mark so much that not only did I understand it, but I was actually driving home points in a nutritional conversation. I'm like, I, and, and they're I'm not, the agronomy guy. Like, why am I talking about NDFD? Like, well, this it, is not, you but, know, and consequently, but it is our lifestyle. It, it, it really it, it is. It is our lifestyle. Yeah. And, and consequently, you know, you I've taken phone calls that you've listened in on where I've had to answer uh, agronomy type questions. Yeah. And, um, you know, th- thankfully you guys have, have trained me yeah. uh, in the, in those areas. So, Hey, uh, Kyle, we really appreciate you uh, stopping in today yeah. and and going through this and uh, and being part of this. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, as always, you know, you guys out there, uh, we appreciate comments and responses. We are social, uh, and so Instagram, Twitter, uh, catch us on YouTube. And so uh, catch us on the next episode. We appreciate y'all tuning in.